working on my new studio. <laughs> Doing a great job. <laughs> How far away is this microphone supposed to be from your face, by the way? Oh, you know? good question. I don't know. The handy graphics, the really good instructions don't say. It just, <laughs> just shows you if you want to sing, you do it like that. Don't sing like that. Don't turn backwards. Sing it at frontwards. I don't know what that means. <laughs> so if you want to sing, don't Wait, turn backwards. <laughs> which one's which one's the back? I'm Sarah. And I'm Ashley. In high school, we were best friends. And now that we're old, we're still best friends. And we both really love the show Friends. We love it so much that we thought we'd rewatch it together and tell you all about it. So join us to find out all the details that two people who weren't there can find out from the internet. Could there be better friends watching Friends? Oh, I wonder if that's why my sound is bad. Oh my god, you have it backwards? I might have it backwards. That's just spaz. What is wrong with me? Oh my god, fun fact. I have the definite I have like the history of the word spaz in my notes. I knew you would, and I said it just because I knew that we were gonna talk about it in this episode. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm a laundry spaz. <laughs> I'm a podcast spaz. Just a peek into like how bad we are at this. <laughs> Do you want to introduce this one? Oh my god. Uh, sure. I, it makes me nervous. <laughs> now I have performance anxiety. <laughs> um, do we need like a snappy in, like a snappy banter before we go into it or just go into it? Um, if, if you've got some snappy banter in your pocket, pull it out. <laughs> Episode five. The one with the East German laundry detergent. I was looking at the season one titles on the DVD and I was laughing so hard. It was like the East German laundry detergent, the one with the thumb, the one with the butt. I was just like, this is the best five first episode titles of any show. Yes. Agreed. I have this friend's trivia game and I meant to get it out and um, ask you a question or two. Oh God, I'm going to be so bad. It's okay. <laughs> okay. No, let's do it. Who sat on Monica's father's lap in the steam room? Chandler. Yeah. I had to throw you a softball. Thank you. Um, <laughs> whose father bought them a boat at age 15? Rachel. Yeah. What sport did Ross and Chandler once play with Mr. Geller? Oh, no. I don't know if I know this one. Um, Badman. Close. It's racquetball. Oh, I knew there was a ball in rackets and balls. <laughs> I am so scared of racquetball. It is too loud. I cannot figure out where the ball is. It's just echoing everywhere. It's too scary. <laughs> Bouncing like all from at you from all directions. <laughs> that might be like your biggest nightmare, huh? <laughs> racquetball. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, so good. Uh, okay. What did Mr. Geller mistakenly call Chandler? Oh, I need more context. I don't know. Um, uh, so I can't remember which episode, but he calls Chandler by the wrong name. Oh, man. I want to say sport, but that's like a really bad off-the-wall guess. I don't know. It's okay. This is kind of, I don't, I can't remember which episode it is, but I think, yeah, it's Chauncey. <laughs> I don't remember that. Oh, my gosh. I have a gap. Yeah. Okay. Which friend could not tell time until they were 13? Phoebe. No, Monica. Oh. It's hard for some people. 
right. Uh, you got to do some brushing up. I know. Man, that, that, I got nervous. I got put in yeah. hot seat. <laughs> All right, we are at episode five, the one with the East German laundry detergent. Um, this was written by Jeff Greenstein and Jeff Strauss. So these are new writers we haven't seen before, and it was directed by Pamela Fryman, also a new director. Yeah, I have some facts about all of them. Ooh, I knew you would. Pamela Fryman, the director, she directed all but 12 episodes of Him Yim, <gasps> I Met Your Mother. Such a good show. And not only that, she officiated Neil Patrick Harris's wedding in 2014. She also directed 95 episodes of Just Shoot Me, which is a connection to Jack Geller, who, if you remember, had an uncredited role as himself. Yes. So basically, like, everything in the 90s connects to each other. <laughs> so I, I have to say, though, if we weren't doing a podcast about friends, I would probably want to do one about How I Met Your Mother. Because it is also so close to my heart. So Jeff Greenstein, Greenstein, Steen, um, he and Jeff Strauss, the writers of this episode, were writing partners. And they both wrote together four episodes of Friends. I got conflicting information. They were either both supervising producers on 23 episodes or one did 23 and one did 21. I found both. Anyway, they both produced a bunch of episodes of Friends. Jeff Greenstein was the head writer on Will and Grace, as well as the showrunner. And Jeff Strauss most recently produced nine episodes of Why Women Kill, which is a reality show about women who murder people. <laughs> that sounds fun. Yeah. I've never heard of it, but I kind of want to binge watch it. <laughs> not going to lie, it may or may not be in my YouTube TV queue, and I've not watched any, but... <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> One fact about this episode, real quick. It had the second least viewers of the entire season. Really? Yeah, it was only beat for the least amount of views by episode six. So this one had 18.6 million and the next one only had 18.2. And all the others were like mm. in the 20s or high 19s. So, I mean, 18 million people still quite a bit, but... <laughs> That's interesting that they had like a little like early slump. I mean, yeah, slump for for friends. Yeah, it kind of went steadily down from the pilot to episode six, and then it shoots back up. And I don't, I don't know if like episode six. I can't remember now if maybe there's like some more Ross Rachel developments, but I think there is. Or it's either episode six or seven, right around there. Something starts to happen. Yeah, and the ratings went way up again. So. Okay. I do have a couple fun facts that might be related to this. Ooh. So this is the final episode with pre the Rachel haircut. Yes. So next episode, she allegedly has the Rachel haircut. And I'm wondering if people were just too shocked and then it grew on them and they were okay with it. It was like, I haven't remembered such talking about hair since Felicity cut all her hair off after season one. <laughs> oh, Felicity sweaters, my heart. <laughs> She's my spirit animal. <laughs> she really is. Jennifer Aniston has, has gone on the record saying that she hated that hairstyle with a passion. So it's so funny to me that that was like this cultural influencing 
drive for that time period. And she was just like, oh my God, why? <laughs> it looks like such a pain. It looks like you need like four round brushes to get that. Yep. Stuff happening. And the Velcro, the Vel I don't even know what they're called, Velcro rollers that yeah. you like keep in. Also, fun fact is that this is the first episode with any on-screen kiss of Ross and Rachel in the series, Yay. which I have a lot to say about it later. It's happening. But I'll wait. Um, there's also no Wikipedia for this episode and the next one. I know. I felt a little lost. I know. I was like, IMDb has stuff? Okay. I'll look there. <laughs> Weird. Okay. Friendsfandom.com? Sure. Yep. I, I was really like scouring the internet for this one. <laughs> and then I just watched it four times to try <laughs> to try and find all of the things. So That's impressive. Is that the most watches? I think so. Yes. Wow. Great job. Well, I listened to one on one of my walks. That counts? Yeah. Oh, I do have another fact. Okay. This is also the first episode where we meet Janice. <gasps> oh, Janice. I'm so I excited. I can't wait. Okay. So. Um, I read, I can't remember if I read a thing or I heard her say this somewhere, but she apparently, whenever she would come on the show, they kept her sequestered from the audience. Like the audience didn't know. And they would keep her hidden and she couldn't like come out to craft services or anything because they wanted it to be like a really great surprise reaction. And so she'd always have to hide every time she would come on. Oh, I, I love that. Because <laughs> you love her. You love her as this just awful. She's not awful. Mm -hmm. She's like so endearingly wonderfully bad. <laughs> She's just so Janice. She's just unapologetically who she is. Yes. And in this one, she's like definitely not fully Janice, but she has like some of her Janice-y when she's like crying and batting, like, you know, um, what's this? Fanning her eyes. Yes. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> oh, should we get into the cold open? Yes. Let's do it. Okay, so um, we open to the gang sitting in the coffee shop, of course, um, and they're talking about how, or the guys are pointing out how they can't believe how women can undo their bra and take their bra out of their sleeve, like it's some crazy trick. So I have a question. Is taking your bra out of your sleeve really a quote-unquote one quick maneuver thing? Like, I can't do one thing and get it out of my, like, it takes some time and some, like, <laughs> jiggling. Some shimmy, shimmying. And not in, like, a sexy good way. It's just, like, awful to watch, I imagine. Like, <laughs> it's hard to get out. <laughs> um, as one who usually avoids things that are bras, um, I, 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 for me, I was like, Oh, are bralettes not a thing? Is it? Is that how you say it? Bralettes? Bra bralettes? Because <laughs> that's maybe all I own. <laughs> but you can't do that with those. Literally impossible. Yeah, that's true. Or yeah. much more awkward. <laughs> that's definitely a lot more the like sixth grade undressing in the locker room, like taking your thing off under your shirt. Uh -huh. <laughs> 
So it might be too much information, but I just don't find regular Brazos comfortable. So I mean, who does? I know. But I, I, I don't think I could even do the one, like a, with a normal bra, the one-handed unclasp. Oh, no. I put mine on backwards still and then <laughs> to clasp it and then turn it around. Is that not what well, everyone does? <laughs> um, when I have to wear them, yes. It's so hard to wrench my arms back here. Like, why not do it easier? <laughs> so sexy. Oh, yeah. And things are really off to a great start here. This <laughs> Here's the snappy banter I was waiting for. Um, but, okay, so, that, so Ross is, like, so astounded, saying nothing can ever, like, top that. And then the girls are like, well, you can stand pee standing up. I'm like... That's biological. That's not like yeah. impressive. I said the same a same thing. I was like, that's biological. <laughs> that's that's so science. That's not a trick. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get anything on the seat. That's a trick. Uh-huh. Oh god. Ugh. Chandler's wearing another sweater vest. Which I feel like I need to just strap in for because I it's just going to get worse from here. I know it's like, it's coming. It's so much worse than a sweater vest though. It's it like, is. it's like a dumpy potato sack. <laughs> it does look like it's made of burlap. It totally yeah. Is. yeah. I was like, he could get in it and start a race. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny. <laughs> oh God. Uh, it's also like the exact same sweater vest as like episode three where he wore that black one with the buttons at his waist but this one's brown and it's not all the way buttoned either it's like the bottom button is buttoned and that's it <laughs> I don't know what that's about while we're on the fashion though this was like the episode of white t-shirts did you notice that like everyone it seemed like at some point was wearing a white t-shirt Except for Monica, who only wore red throughout the entire episode. Wow, I didn't, I remember Chandler wearing a white t-shirt and I was kind of like, oh, he feels like less, like his outfit seems more normal. Like, yeah. 90s, like a little boring and normal instead of like weird bowling shirts and weird whatevers. And um, I didn't notice that. I do have some problems when we get to the restaurant and Joey's wearing what is supposed to be a suit. Some big problems. Oh, oh. <laughs> I can't wait because I probably had the same problems. It was like an eye seizure. <laughs> I want to point out that Ross, who, especially later, I consider to be a, a handsome looking man, not with the gel hair, but like when he gets a little more fluffy haired, like he looks, he, he looks good. He's distinguished. Um, yes. He does not look good in the color cream. It's like his not, what is it? What is it? It's not his season. Season. <laughs> He's not a summer. I don't know what those mean, but God, that cream button down shirt was like, uh-uh. Nope. And... <laughs> oh God, sorry. I just... <laughs> okay. I was going to like, along the same lines, I feel like everyone looks a little bit more like they're characters now like their wardrobes mm -hmm. look a bit more like in tune with who they're going to be and Joey in particular looks like he's dressed like a 20-somethings Italian actor would look yeah the like form-fitting blue t-shirt 
looks mm-hmm. good on him. It's it yeah. very much complements his skin tone and his dark hair. His, I, his season. <laughs> it's a good season. Whatever. Winter? I don't know. <laughs> but no, he looks good. Yeah. Rachel, I feel like she's worn a denim vest before, but that might have been someone else. I think it was like episode two or three. She was wearing a vesty denim shirt thing. Like, like crop top type mm-hmm. thing. I think her aprons are really cute. I don't think they're very, probably not effective. No. It's just fashion. (laughs) But yeah, they're cute. I also have a note here that just says Joey loves boobs. (laughs) Because he points out that girl, that that's their secret talent is that they can look at breasts whenever they want. (laughs) Correct. Thank you for the reminder. I was just like, Joey loves boobs, of course. Like he points that out. And then Phoebe, I love, I love when she's just like, yeah, and you know, the way that guys can do such mean things and just not even care. It's like, she just mm-hmm. takes it. She takes it there. Everybody's kind of silent for a second. And then Ross, like, tops, shows that women, of course, are better than everyone else. And is like, multiple orgasms. And no one can top it. Okay, so I just, I just want to spend some time on the multiple orgasms piece because I mean hasn't it been established by science that this can happen for guys too isn't this an equalizer I don't think this is a exclusively woman thing tell me that you have some like truth facts for me uh I I did I did do a little dive into WebMD (laughs) how many diseases did you discover you have in the process Oh no! I I I stuck I stuck to my guns and, oh, good. and stayed focused. I did not go down the WebMD rabbit hole. Perfect. Uh, so you'd be very proud of me. But I was I was just concerned because I was like, was this not a thing in the '90s? Was this like not known that? And also, I I was wondering like, well, what defines multiple orgasms? Is it within a t- certain time period? Um, so WebMD has extensive information on the topic if if one should be inclined to do some research um but stay in that lane don't look anything else up (laughs) keep your blinders on just just stay focused but it has extensive information that might be helpful for both men and women looking to explore this in greater detail uh, because they talk about the difference between like multiple orgasms and tantric sex and what should you do if you wish to learn or train yourself to have multiple orgasms um so it's very just a wealth of information but what i did find is that it's an equalizer it 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 is not exclusive to women or men it happens for both so okay well great job ross (laughs) He's got a lot to learn about women and himself. Yeah, true. What an opportunity for growth. Yes. I felt a little bit like we were listening to the Friends version of Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. Yes, I agree. It was another one of those like like male versus female cold mm-hmm. opens. <laughs> yeah, but they were a little more integ- they integrated, like they weren't sitting opposite sides of the room, so that was kind of that's true. You might you might want to like rewind this piece because I have to point out at 27 seconds 
a gem of a background. Check out Gunther's tie. It's real bright. And a really good background extra. The, the guy at standing at the bar, he's got a ponytail sideburn combination that is just glorious. And he's wearing a some kind of blue satiny collared shirt that has a little bit of an offensive pattern. Like it could be either space or under the sea or blue camouflage, but it's, there's a lot going on. <laughs> and to top it off, he has a chain wallet. Oh no, that's very 90s. <laughs> I was like, oh man, Sarah's going to love this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like someone I probably would have had a crush on for sure. I think we both maybe may have dated this guy. <laughs> Probably. He sounds better dressed than anyone I dated. <laughs> From the chain wallet down, accurate. Maybe yeah. not the shirt up. Yeah. So that was that was really that was fun. Oh man. Oh god. And roll credits. And then we're back again in the coffee shop. And I just want to point out really quick that I started noticing around five minutes. And I know this is a little ways off, but Around five minutes, I was like, this is, we have not left the coffee shop since the cold open. We're there for seven minutes. And I think that that's the longest we've ever stayed without changing locations. I think you're right. It's a long time. Yeah, I did not even notice that. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. There's a, there's a lot that happens in, that, in those five minutes. Yes. Including one of my favorite things about this episode, Chandler absolutely losing his mind about Saturday night, date night, big night, Saturday night. I loved it. And they're like, oh, you got plans? No. No. Okay. Why is Phoebe sitting on the floor? <laughs> that, that really bothered me. It's so gross. Like, well, you would not sit on the floor of a coffee shop. Right. Especially when there's plenty of seating in your reserved space. Right. Yeah. And Ross is reading Cycling Magazine. Uh, why? He is not a cyclist. Well, maybe that's his bike and the boys were storing it for him. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good call. And this is where we get our first mention of Janice. Janice! <laughs> talking about Chandler breaking up with Janice. And Joey goes, why do you have to break up with her? Just be a man and stop calling. Yeah. Oh, Joey. And then Phoebe offers to Chandler, like, oh, if you have to break up with her, like, I'm going to break up with Tony and we can do it together. And I wrote, Phoebe offers to break up with Tony with Jan and Jan. Jan and Jan. I never thought about that. Like, oh, their names go together. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she's wearing a choker that I really enjoy. It's very 90s. Oh, yeah. Stretchy ones that look like black henna, but it's just a stretchy choker. Yep. I remember those. They, they got real big and then real yeah. small. Yeah. <laughs> I love just the last few episodes. Phoebe's hair, when it's all natural and curly, it just very much suits her. Oh my God, you know how I feel about hair. This is all I have. Just this. <laughs> this is all my hair. I love her hair so much. I want curly hair. So much that I've gotten many perms over my life, and it was not great. Oh, yeah. I'm glad you don't do that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Perms aren't good for you. <laughs> That's true. 
This is the first red outfit that Monica's wearing. And I have to say that like knitted button-down vesty thing that she's wearing is super frumpy. Yeah. So it's not flattering. We grew up in the 90s. I definitely wear my fair share of vests, but I wore a plethora of other items of clothing. Why is it that everyone is wearing a GD vest? <laughs> like there are other 90s clothes we could be wearing. There are so many vests. <laughs> There's so many. <laughs> and the red one is bad. It's awful. Like it makes her boobs look really saggy and just she looks like she's 60. I don't know. <laughs> and it like she's a small fit person and it looks like too small for her somehow. It yeah. looks like it's bad material that looks no good on nobody, even perfect bodies. And it looks like maybe she borrowed it from like her younger sibling. Yep. Yep. And it's stretched out. Yeah. It's like, it's like too small, but stretched out in weird places. It's one of those things that like in high school you'd put on in the morning and like, be like, oh, I feel really good in this. And then you get to school and be like self-conscious all yeah. day. And like, wait, this isn't good. Oh my gosh. That's like my whole high school career. I still remember. Do you remember LEI jeans? Oh, yes. It was like, yes. what did it stand for? Like life, energy, and intelligence or something. Yes. Oh, good, good job. Is that, I think, is that I it? I think you're right. I mean, I know. <laughs> um, I, I remember I wanted some so bad. They were like kind of bell-bottomy boot cut. Like I didn't have any boot cut jeans. And I remember. And I, they were like jewel studded, some of them. Yeah. yeah. I didn't, I got like a pair, I remember at either Ross or somewhere like on a clearance rack somewhere, but they had like a slit at the ankle. So they were kind of flared, but they also had this slit. And I was like, oh, these are so cool. I can't wait to wear this at school. And I had those like platform flip-flops from Delia's, the like rubber ones. Oh yeah. That, um, my dog had chewed on one of them, but I love them so much. I just kept wearing them. <laughs> And I wore those with those pants. And I still remember walking through campus to E-Wing where like French was and feeling like, oh my God, this was a mistake. This is so bad. I'm so uncomfortable. Oh. This is like 20 years later. <laughs> I still remember that feeling of just like, oh no, what have I done? That, that feeling and that memory is just like burned in your skull. Yeah. <laughs> oh. It's all right. Rachel comes over after this and it's just like, you want anything else? And Ross, in one of my favorite lines of this episode, he's just like, oh, you know when you had one of those nutty, chocolatey, cakey pie kind of things? And like Rachel's just like tapping her pen all irritatedly and he's just like, uh, nothing. I love how annoyed she is when she comes over. She's just like, so you want anything else? Like, does anyone want anything else? Like clearly being like, just say no. I'm not yeah. bringing you anything. And Ross is like, so yeah, you know that thing, that nutty kiki thing? And she's just like, <laughs> like smacking her pen, just staring at him. Just like, Are you kidding me? He's, he just doesn't get it. He's just like, oh, yeah. Oh, oh Ross. Oh, and then when Phoebe is just like, what's the matter? Why is it scrunchy? <laughs> Again, calling her out, being like... What's wrong with her face? Yeah, what's wrong? Fix her face. And her big problem, her dad wants to give her a Mercedes convertible. Oh, I almost vomited when I... 
when I heard that. But oh then she's God. like, if I come home, he called me young lady. Well, technically you are. You're like yeah. 22. Yeah. Also, go get the convertible and drive away. <laughs> Great point. I don't know. I probably wouldn't do that. I'm just saying things. Also know from later episodes she is like the world's worst driver. That's true. And I was thinking too about like how um, disapproving he was when he was talking to her on the phone after she left her wedding, and she's yeah. like, I, "You're a shoe. I want to be a handbag or a purse or whatever." And he's so disapproving, but then he's still reaching out to her, like, "Come home, come home." And then later he tells her he's proud of her, and I feel like that evolution of that, like, he's such a hard ass and so difficult, yeah. and not, not a great human probably, but. That's kind of sweet that he comes to like respect her. But in this moment, she's being a real annoying, like pain in the ass. Yeah, yeah, kind of whiny. So now Joey's ex Angela walks in. And speaking of fashion, I have a huge problem with her whole situation. Because, like, where is she coming from? Where is she going? She's wearing like this red cocktail dress with her black bra strap showing. And like she's wearing this little black choker necklace and like the black nylons, the sheer ones. Ew. Oh. You don't wear black tights or leggings with like a red dress. That's well, maybe you did in the 90s. I might I might have. It's I might have gone to an eighth grade dance like that. That was eighth grade. You didn't know better. That's true. I had my loafers on. <laughs> But it was just like, it was so trashy. Then, then like the platinum blonde hair. I, I don't know. Yeah. She almost looked like if Pamela Anderson in Baywatch, if that swimsuit was a dress, like that's what this girl looks like. Yeah. With sheer nylons. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think about till just now. They've supposedly gone out for three years, her and Joey, previous mm-hmm. to the pilot. Um, and so she has to know that he hangs out there. Like she knows he lives there she has to know that he like she's coming in there she's got to know him she might see him i think she did that i think it was calculated i love how the gang was like oh my god that's angela what are you gonna do and he's just like well i can't go over there and seem too eager and then he gets to like two mississippi and then goes (laughs) like in later episodes when he talks about angela i always had some trouble believing that joey was in a three-year relationship was kind of just like really but then I'm kind of rethinking it after watching that scene where he is like genuinely unsettled and like I have to count before I can go over there between his reactions and her like to put it nicely like lack of intelligence I kind of believe that this like yeah could have gone on yeah she's she's pretty vapid but like not really caring where it goes they just like kind of like have a status quo relationship yeah was young and so I could see he was like trying to act and I could see it yeah but when he comes over and is like Angela you look good and she's like that's because I'm wearing a dress that accents my boobs (laughs) it's I mean I took that as like I knew you were going to be here Mm -hmm. I dress like this because I wanted to kind of flaunt that you can't have me type of thing Mm -hmm. yeah agreed yeah yeah definitely have probably done something like that myself (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it probably didn't go the same positive direction that this one did but <laughs> do you want to know about Angela yes please do so she's played by Kim Gillingham or 
Gilling, Gillingham, Gillingham, something. She's never seen again in Friends, but she's mentioned two more in two more episodes. She is best known for acting in the 1990s version of Captain America, which I never saw. I didn't know there was, there was such a show. Yeah, or- I guess. <laughs> so not the Marvel ones, but the early. Okay. She was also in Touched by an Angel, ER, and Beverly Hills 90210, as well as Seinfeld. And on Seinfeld, she plays an assistant in the puffy shirt episode, which ties us back to episode three of Friends, where Joey's wearing a white piratey shirt. And like Ooh. the 90s all just connect together. <laughs> I feel like that's true, though. The Like, especially with the writers and the directors, like there's a lot of crossover between the Thursday night lineup. I love that. That's such a good fact. Good job. Oh, thanks. <laughs> In this scene, right after she says, talks about her boobs, you see Rachel actually cleaning a table in the background. It's very rare, I feel, that we see Rachel actually doing her job. I was a little hypnotized by it. I'm like, oh, she's like clearing it and wiping it down. Does she put the tray in the tray spot? (laughs) Like, that's what a waitress does. Wow. (laughs) Great job, Rachel for once. Maybe she's like so mad at her dad for trying to get her to come home that she's like, I'm going to do this job. I am going to do it. I'll show him. Yeah. Something that I think that you would really appreciate that I don't know if you noticed, but also in that same background shot, I think the same interior decorator that designed the girls' apartment is putting the same terrible flower displays in the coffee shop now. Oh, no. There is a flower display to the right of the door that not only is so large that you would not be able to carry it unless it like was, it could like ate your face, (laughs) but it's also half dead. Oh my God. There's a scene in this episode and I didn't bother to write it down because I was like, I am done with these effing flowers but there's a scene where you can clearly see the dead ones again and they look a little bit more now like dried flowers like it looks to be there permanently but I'm like Mm -hmm. every other bouquet in this apartment is live flowers like why are we having this one very central centrally located dead 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 flowers like I I don't I don't get it I don't know Ross loves Rachel so very much that he wants to do laundry with her on a Saturday night. Saturday night. (laughs) (laughs) And I believe it. I feel like you and I both would have done that. Been like, oh, you're doing laundry? Oh, Oh. can I go? Any excuse. Any excuse to like try and call it a date or maybe be a date. Even if it was like you were totally third wheel in it. Ah. I I had no shame. Even if it wasn't at all a date, you were just like, am I, can I be in the same building as you? Okay. No, I would probably actually prefer being the third wheel because then I didn't have to be in the actual situation. (laughs) I'm like, oh, your friend's coming? Oh, good. That'll be fun. You can ignore me all night? Perfect. I thrive on that. (laughs) Oh my God. When he's, when Ross is talking to her, I don't know if you noticed, he's holding this white it looks like a white index card. What is it? I, I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't either. I tried. I was like, 
pausing it and I was trying to like double tap my iPad being like, Can, will you zoom at all for like <laughs> those of us who have bad eyes, will it work? And um, so sometimes it'll like go a little fuller screen on the videos, but I couldn't. The best I could see on one side, it's like totally white with three black word, like black letter words. It says something of 10. I don't know what the something word is. And I thought maybe that it said like museum of 10, but I, it doesn't look like museum. And then the other side, at one point he flips it and it looks like maybe it's a postcard, like a, like it was mail that he got. Like some like, I don't know. I know, I thought it might've been a comment card. I I couldn't figure it out either. It, but I was like, why does he have this weird piece of paper? Yeah, and he's gesturing wildly with it and it's like not conspicuous at all. And I was like, is this supposed to mean something? What is this card here for? I think it's just for as an awkward prop because he's so good with props. He just had to flail it about all awkwardly. What it like he should have gotten the cycling magazine and just like actually been really flailing. That would have yeah. been good. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, and he's like lying. She's like, Don't you have laundry in your building? Oh. Uh, and he's his lying is just so something about a rat problem. And it made me think about when Joey's trying to learn to lie and he talks about a raccoon coming yeah. in. <laughs> Can't do it. Okay, the way that, that David Schwimmer delivers lines in this scene, I think I've seen some outtakes of this scene and how they can't get through it because he, the way that he like looks up to the side when he's just like, and they kept getting in the dryers and getting all, you know, fluffy. <laughs> oh, I don't know if you saw this anywhere. I read that the laughter at the end of that scene is because the two of them couldn't keep it together through that scene. And apparently on set, a light burst somewhere oh. through this too and so they had to like cut it together a little bit and oh my gosh a bit so they were genuinely like having trouble getting through it <laughs> I think if I was if I if I was Jennifer Aniston I would have a hard time getting through it just because David Schwimmer is so good like even even when he's just like guess who's doing laundry there too like and he's just like me was that not clear and he's like what am I just <laughs> Why don't I join you both there? <laughs> he puts commas and pauses in where there are none or should not be any. And it's so funny. He's so good. He has already in an earlier episode expressed feelings for her and asked her if he could ask her out. And he's like doing this thing that seems very much like he's awkwardly asking her out on a date. But he still doesn't seem to understand that it's a date. But if you look at her face when she says, uh -huh. like, she knows it's a date. Totally knows it's a date. I, it. So I noticed that throughout this whole episode, she kind of has this little knowing, like, oh, I know you're into me type <laughs> thing. And she, like, le totally leans into it. Yeah, she does. And he's so oblivious. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Come on, Ross. <laughs> I don't get it together like you've already asked her like seemingly I mean apparently this is the first time she's done laundry and we're five episodes in how much time has it been how much clothing does she have like oh man I was wondering that same thing I'm like I hope this has been five solid days right but I don't think with like their dating history over the course of the five <laughs> five episode arc that that would be possible <laughs> no I don't think so I think it's been like months somehow <laughs> That's all about that. <laughs> so we cut we cut back to uh, Angela and Joey, 
And Angela is sitting there saying, well, I'm with Bob now. Do you like my Angela voice, by the way? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if you noticed, but Joey is real close to her. Like, he's basically hovering over her. She loves it, too. Oh, she does. Yeah. And he's just like, we were great together. Not just at the fun stuff, but at the talking, too. <laughs> I feel like it's believable like Joey's actually like oh my god we talked she's vapid enough that it didn't have to get deep it wasn't like you know it wasn't like draining to him she's just kind of like oh look at my boobs Joey he's like oh we're talking (laughs) but like also he feels a little bit smarmy like this is a smarmy creepy thing he's doing yeah his, his hair is like like hanging over her head like it's he's that close like asking your ex-girlfriend to go on a double date when like you're telling her you want to get back together with her it just feel like and she says she's happy like come on so the, I didn't even think about that but when he's just like let's get back together and she's like no and he's like well we're friends now and he's like well then we'll be friends like let's go on a double date like do you not see the ulterior motive in that no because she's dumb she doesn't know <laughs> She's a dummy dumb. I feel like though she, knowing Joey's family later, she is probably like fit in so well. Like seems like a girl that he could bring home. Uh Uh-huh. So then after seven long minutes, we finally leave the coffee shop. Yeah. And we go to Monica's apartment. And Monica, Monica says that she doesn't want Joey to set her up with someone after the last time he did, where he set her up with his cousin who could belch the alphabet. And as I was hearing that, I was giggling because I was like, I know who would think that that's a really funny thing if someone did that for Puck. <laughs> <laughs> like, you guys ever outgrow belching and farting? I asked him this last night. I like told him this. I was like, would you think that was funny if someone could belch the alphabet? And I was like, this is ever, do you want, are you going to outgrow this ever? And he's like, it's funny. <laughs> With farting and poop and belching, it's funny. It's funny and impressive. <laughs> I'm sure, right? Are these things that Tyler reveres as well as humor? Uh, yeah. Um, definitely because I can see it in our son. Highly encouraged by him. At 629, Monica goes, Oh, God help us. Ugly naked guy is laying kitchen tile. From just introducing ugly naked guy to then jumping to that extreme. I feel like we just we just went there and we never came back. True. That's a very dangerous, it seems like not a great project to do naked. Like there's grout and like sharp corners and things and like what you're on your knees, na- like with nothing on like protecting them. There's a wet saw involved, which looks like a saw with flailing water. <laughs> Small shards of things shooting yeah. out. And also, okay, so when Ross moves in, you can see a shot into his apartment from Monica's apartment. You yes. can see through the window. The kitchen is not visible from the window. The kitchen True. is like to the left of Ross's front door if we're facing it. The kitchen is like to the side of the living room and back. You can't see in there. So maybe all of his equipment is outside of the kitchen and they just see like the entrance. I don't know. A lot of people were upset about that. I read about many times on many sites being like, this is impossible. So Monica's like 
putting all of her laundry in a laundry basket during this time. And she's yeah. like fluttering around around the living room, collecting dirty laundry. And I'm like, would Monica leave dirty laundry just laying around the like the open living spaces? I, no. I don't I don't understand. No, I had the same problem. I was like, there are many things she could be doing. Like, I know we're supposed to think like, oh, she's going to do laundry with Rachel, but she doesn't need to be like getting ready to do that while we're watching. And she would not have clothes flung over a chair and like on the floor, just dirty clothes randomly. No. Yeah, she, she picked up a pair of jeans from the living room. And I'm like, <laughs> why did you take off your jeans in the middle of the living room? She's dressed right now. So how long have they been there? Yeah. Not like she changed into sweat. That was jarring. That was definitely like a Chandler backwards hat moment. It's like, what's happening? Yeah. But then I thought Joey's vulnerability was kind of sweet, even though his plan is like totally creepy and he's duping Monica. <laughs> no, he's like, he wants help. He, he says that he never should have broken up with her. Like he misses her, which is very sweet. Yeah. Going about it the wrong way, but Joey has yeah. feelings. Aw, big feelings for Joey. <laughs> Are you ready to go to Ross's bedroom? Oh, God, am I ready? <laughs> go ahead. I know you have a lot to say about this bedroom. Okay, so I, one of my watchings of this episode was the DVD version. Uh-huh. And they have a, a, a cut scene. It's very short, but when you first cut to Ross's apartment... It's a, it's a scene of Chandler playing with the dinosaurs. Oh, really? Yeah, and he's, like, making them bite each other. He's like, rah, 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 rah. I love that. <laughs> and while Ross is on the phone, and then Ross covers up the phone and says, you need to not touch any of those. <laughs> <laughs> Which I was, it was so funny because, like, dude, they're toys. They're, like, yeah. pl- they're not fossils. They are right. plastic dinosaur figurines <laughs> you would get at Target. <laughs> that's so funny they should have left that in that's such like a Chandler thing to do also yeah, yeah that's really funny in the HBO version or I think like any of the streaming versions it just cuts to um him on the phone and he's on he's on the phone with Monica and then he gets off and says oh she's not coming it's mm-hmm. just gonna be me and Rachel and he like kind of giggles and there's definitely a violin on the wall above his head okay we need to talk about the background and all of the crap in his room that makes no sense or is just weird. What is with that violin? I, I don't understand. That is, A is not a decoration. It's not like a thing you hang above your bed if you have a violin. Like, you know, some people have like, I had like wall hangers for my guitar, but like it wasn't above my bed. <laughs> That's like the only decoration. No, and it's at like a weird, <laughs> weird like 45 degree angle. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and it didn't look like there were even strings, although I couldn't I couldn't see it close enough, but it's just like a did he play violin? We never hear of that ever. He plays keyboard think. keyboard. And bagpipes once. <laughs> oh bagpipes, yes. Yeah, that was, like, oh. you know, a 20-something guy is not going to be like, let me hang this violin on the wall. He'd have, like, a dinosaur poster or something, right? Not yeah. like a, those oh. oh, speaking of posters, I tried to do some research on what was on his walls. And I, like, one of the posters, and they were both framed, so that was very classy. 
<laughs> very paleontology of him, but one of them was this, I don't know, abstract white wall, like white room where a hand was reaching down and there was an apple and maybe like a guy that the hand was trying to pick up. And on the bottom, it had Greek letters. I could not figure out what this was. I, I like went to allposters.com. <laughs> like, I tried various Google searches and I, I couldn't find it. I also tried that. I was like, I couldn't tell that they were Greek letters. I was like, is it N-E-N-K-N? -N? But the N's and the E's are backwards. Like I was trying to figure out what, what it and was. There, and there was like a theta at the beginning. I was like, I know that, that's theta. I don't even know what a theta is, but I know it's no. a theta. You know who would know is Court because he was in the Greek system. Oh, yeah. We should have asked him. I know. That was a that was one I didn't know. And then there was another one where I wish I had in the enhance feature on my TV because <laughs> yeah, I like the way you say it every time. <laughs> enhance. I don't know what that's from. It's it's from something. It's from you a few episodes ago. <laughs> but you have to you have to pretend to type too and say like enhance, enhance. I don't know. There was one of him in the with the in the background, and at first I thought it was like a shark eating a person. Yeah. But it also might have been just a whale breaching. I couldn't really tell. It was weird. I was like, is that something? Is that above and below water? Like, what is that? I couldn't tell either. It's a very oddly decorated room. <laughs> what yeah. are some of the other things you noticed? Oh, well, the um, Super 80s comforter was like... Oh, man. Like something I imagine like Bart Simpson might have had or something. It was very like neon and angles and shapes. <laughs> And all the colors, it was like, yeah, but there was all the clashing colors. It was like, yeah, purple and royal blue, and then like orange and pink. Yeah, it was like those graphics that would have been put on like early MTV videos to be like, look how cool this is. Yep, that's exactly what I it was like. It what was in the MTV logo, exactly. Time. Yes, yeah, yeah. I that seemed weird, but also like, I was like, well, Carol left him. Like he probably had to go get his stuff from his parents' house or something. I don't know. Yeah. Also the colors, and this is such a like 80s vibe to me. It's like they're bright, but faded. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like so unique to the, to the lady. Yeah. It's like, so I have this. I have a client who's an artist and she's always talking about saturated colors. These are like two super desaturated colors. Yes, but they used to be bright. You yeah, they have, they have like no life left in them, but they're still kind of neon. They have potential, but just quite live up to it. Right. <laughs> the other thing that I saw was like under that weird poster with the theta, there's an armchair and a footstool like blocking the door. Yeah. And I could, I was like, is that the closet door or is that the bedroom door? And if it's the bedroom door, why is it shut with just the two of them crammed in there awkwardly? I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I also was like, what kind of 20 something man has an armchair in his room? It made me think like, <laughs> oh, maybe it's for the baby. The baby's not born yet. No. But it was like a setup that you'd have, like if you had a baby that you had to sit with at night, like yeah. have a chair. But the baby's not born yet. 
No. I heard about I, the baby for a while, actually. <laughs> I, I think the baby is kind of out of sight, out of mind for at least like six more episodes. <laughs> he has so many dinosaur figurines, but also like a kind of an old fashioned trophy. Oh. It looked like it was out of the 1950s. <laughs> It definitely looked, aside from the art on the walls, it looked like a 20-something guy's apartment. It looked like uh-huh. a dorm room or like a frat room, like boys' room. Yeah, complete with the towel hanging on the doorknob. Ugh. I was like, ugh. Probably still damp. Yeah. Mildewy. <laughs> <laughs> um, he did also, like, did you notice his phone? It's corded and blue. And it was a rotary phone. Oh, was it? Yeah. It was, it, well, it was like turquoise, but it was like, it was a rotary phone. Oh my God. Yeah. If you don't know what that is, look it up. You used to not be able to be like, phone, call someone. You had to like <laughs> spin a dial for every number and wait for the dial to go back. Yeah. I remember how exciting it was when there, this makes me sound way older than I am, but when I saw like a rotary phone that had buttons instead of a dial. I had one of those. Did you? It, it looked like a 1920s phone and, yeah. and like it sat on little, like a little, little resting hook. Little hooks. Uh-huh. But, but it was corded and it had, it had buttons for the, for the rotary. I spent wow. so much time on that in high school and it was in my parents, my parents' bedroom. It was the only <laughs> place that I could talk with privacy. In your parents' bedroom? <laughs> yeah. Cause it was upstairs and they would always just be downstairs. <laughs> And the cordless was downstairs, but I always just hid in their room. <laughs> Talking three-way. Oh, that's big time. I love that you had a corded, cordless phone in your house, but you're like, I can only get privacy on the corded old phone in my parents' bedroom. <laughs> I didn't know things in high school. It's okay. It's okay. We lived in a harder time. That's true. We didn't have the internet to find out these things. <laughs> it was all trial and error. <laughs> Speaking of, Chandler has to explain to Ross that this is a date that he's about to go on. Like, Ross has no idea. No, but it's so funny because when he gets off the phone with Monica, he's just kind of like giggles, like, oh, it's just Rachel. (laughs) And yeah, and Chandler's like, this is a date. (laughs) Ross is like, uh uh. (laughs) Like, okay, it's Saturday night doing laundry with a girl you've already asked if you could ask out. And she said yes. Seemingly like a few days ago, who knows? And yeah. come on, Ross. Come on, come on. I know, he, it takes him so long to get there. And I love I love when, when Chandler's just like, you have to rethink the dirty underwear. And like, do you want, like, do you want her to see your dirty underwear? And the way that Ross says no, he's just like, no. He's like so mopey, Ross. It's like his high, but it didn't know. Yeah, hi. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I, if you, if a guy showed up, I mean, I don't know that I've ever been on a laundry date, aside from like showing guys in college. Oh, this is how you do laundry. Like they'd come up to me and be like, I don't know how to do this. Can you help me? Yeah. <laughs> Just random people I've never met before. Yeah. I was curious. Do you remember like when you started doing laundry? Like. In my home or by myself? Because my parents made me do laundry at a very young age. Yeah, me too. Yeah, very young. I think I was like 10. Oh, yeah. 
if not younger and like yeah. they, they my mom was super anal about like this is the reds this is the colors this is the whites like you have to sort them and but i do okay so i do remember though going to college and having to now pay for laundry yeah was a totally different story because i combined stuff that probably shouldn't have been combined and i think i waited until i literally had no lawn like no clothes left in my closet do you remember so you would have to you would have to like drag multiple large bags of clothes and then like you got there and they were clean and you're like well now what do i do with them take these all home now <laughs> and you, like, on the bus yeah and you didn't you didn't you didn't like plan <laughs> you're like i have my dirty bags but what how do i get these clean things home <laughs> you just put them in the same bag like you like run out of quarters and you've done a partial load and you're like uh oh, now what do you do <laughs> i like once i had my car at school uh sophomore year i think i would like drive home from santa barbara and like i feel like i would schedule my trips home like seven hour drive just yep. laundry there yep <laughs> oh you would you would you would just throw you wouldn't even bag it up no like, <laughs> I, I did that too. You would just throw dirty clothes in your car. <laughs> yeah. And I guess in college too, I really just wore like jeans and like sweatshirts. That's all I wore. So like, <laughs> it didn't really matter. I didn't need to do much laundry. Everything I wore was just like scrubby. So. <laughs> yeah. But okay. I've never used fabric softener, but like nope. if you showed up to do laundry and a guy had fabric softener I would not even notice and now Chandler's like you've got to rethink the fabric softener why double question mark who cares double question mark was this important in the 90s I don't know even know what it I assume it softens stuff but like all my clothes are pretty soft I've never used it I don't know I don't get it isn't that what dryer sheets do they take out static I think oh I don't know. I don't. I don't I use any of those things. I just have those wood wool balls that you throw in the dryer. Oh, I have those too. Yeah. <laughs> like this works. I don't know. It's better than a shoe. I sometimes put like a shoe in there or a tennis ball or whatever to make things dry. So. Uh, yeah, I don't get it. I don't know why this is so. I mean, Ross's speech about the bear and why he loves the snuggly little bear, I guess, could be off-putting. But it, I don't. I can't imagine he was going to show up and be like. Look at no, he was just going to use it and right. have it be a non-issue. Like, Chandler, why are you making things weird? And then, so he, like, makes him feel so guilty about this fabric softener that he takes it out, but he doesn't touch his dirty underwear. Like, they stay in the basket. Yeah. None of them seem to come out. So, I don't know. I would be more concerned about the underwear, personally. Yeah, which we'll talk about later. Because <laughs> I have some problems. We go to the restaurant. Did you happen to notice what the name of it was? I meant to write it down. It is like a big mouthful name. It's Fieruelos. <laughs> I, I think Fieruelos Cafe. It's a mouthful. Yeah. It doesn't really like flow off the tongue. No. <laughs> there were like too many vowels in a row. I was like, what is this place called? Yep. At 8.17, I just wanted to mention for tracking purposes that Monica's still wearing that diamond ring. Oh, God. It's still there. 
Like, what a signal to send someone that you want to date. Come on, Monica. Right? Come on, props. Yeah, seriously. Joey and Monica are sitting at the bar. Monica is wearing red. Yet again, but it is a button-down shirt with shoulder pads. Yeah. It's like a blazer shirt. It's yeah. Um, and, and like some kind of long, flowy, flowery skirt. Whatever. <laughs> Uh, I, I wrote uh. <laughs> it's like what a teach it's like what I feel like my teachers wore when I was in like fourth grade yes okay I know you want to talk about Joey's outfit though so <laughs> okay at 821 I wrote what is Joey wearing with like four question marks it's like he we're just going on a casual date like look what Monica's wearing I guess that's kind of dressed up I don't know I, but he's wearing a gray suit coat and what seems to be a shirt underneath that's the exact same color, but it's like a, the collar of this button-up shirt is a mock turtleneck shape. I've never seen such a shirt before, ever in my life. And it's like one button unbuttoned at the neck, but because it's a mock turtleneck, it's like weird. And, um, I hate it a lot. I, I also, I feel your feelings because... <laughs> What I what I thought it looked like a gray three piece suit, but instead of a vest, the third piece was a shirt that was made out of the suit. Yeah, I, I was just like, this this doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't track with like who he is at all. Why would he own that? Like, why at all? So. I told myself a story because he so wants Angela back. I feel like maybe oh. he's trying really hard. Totally agree with that. I could see why he would be dressed up, but like for him, so he's trying really hard, but do you think he went out and bought that new? I feel like he owned that. And why does he own it already? I don't know. Like so maybe he had to wear it to like one of his sister's weddings or something. Yeah. Weird. He has like 10 sisters. It's terrible, and the, the it Ugh. looks it looks hot. It's yeah, like, it's like woolish. It's like couch material. Like yeah, it's like burlap. It's like gray burlap. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah. If you had you know Steve Jobs always wore those like tight mock turtleneck black sweaters. Yep, it's like that made into like a stiff button up shirt. <laughs> Awful. I hate it so much. I like how you said button. You were like button. <laughs> Button up. It's really upsetting. I really, I saw it and was like, what is going on? And why would you wear, maybe this is a guy thing, I don't know, but why would you wear a shirt that's the exact same color as your jacket? I also don't understand boy fashion. So no. I, um, I'm going to judge, but I don't have a good alternative for him. I mean, Tyler, like, again, is just a penguin guy. So we can't, we can't base it on, on anything he wears. Court does dress up, but he likes to mix colors and patterns so I don't know yeah it hurt my head to look at it I hated it (laughs) well while we're on the topic of ugly aesthetic um I just want to say that this bar that they're sitting at is so ugly (laughs) also with the pink backlighting behind the bar it's it's really gross and there's also like very much 90s privacy glass blocks like the kind oh, that you would yeah. make a shower out of. Uh-huh. It's like it's like that's a decorative piece underneath the bar tape like the bar oh. the actual bar top. Uh-huh. And it's just it looks 
like half bathroom, half bar. It's it's ugly. That transition out of the 80s into the 90s was like hard. No one knew what was going on. <laughs> Is this what things look like? Everything was big and there were lots of colors and shapes. <laughs> Everyone just had migraines all day, every day. <laughs> lots of hairspray and gel. And there was like MTV on everywhere. It was very loud. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, are we so old? We're so old. So at Iruelos, <laughs> um, they're sitting at the bar and Monica's trying to get some information about this guy that she's supposedly being set up with. And she's like, is he tall or short? And, Mon- <laughs> and Joey's like, yep. <laughs> like clearly not sure. <laughs> But I want to point out what they're drinking. This made me laugh so hard. Joey is drinking a beer that's called beer. (laughs) I noticed that later. (laughs) Just says beer in really big letters. (laughs) And Monica is drinking a glass of red wine out of what really looks like a restaurant uh, restaurant water glass. It's it's so not a wine glass. (laughs) It's like that short, stubby big big heavy goblet of that you would put ice water in oh the 90s what a great bar they're at (laughs) okay so then we transition to the coffee shop and at 8 55 behind Chandler when he's talking to Phoebe there's a specials board on the wall that says today's specials and it says Potter's Pride on it I noticed that too I couldn't figure out if it was like a blend, like a roast of coffee or what it was. You couldn't read the small print, but I liked that little touch in the back. I like that too. That was great. (laughs) I do want to point out that that lamp that was in episode one that I noted that I really liked, it's gone. Oh no. Yeah, it was next to the couch. And now I'm like, oh, it it was the first time I noticed that it was gone. What a busy coffee shop that they have time to rotate their lighting and their art. Mm-hmm. Or someone just walked out with it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. When we get to the coffee shop, though, Chandler's like peeking outside <laughs> and it's it's nighttime. I'm always a little judgy about the like people in a coffee shop at nighttime. I can't handle caffeine at night. No. But, but I know a lot of people can. But I'm like, man, there's a lot of people... We're sitting at this coffee shop at night. I don't know how, how late it is, but it seems pretty late. Yeah. And we talked about this, I think, last time, or maybe it was episode three, where we were like, why would they go to the coffee shop after work? Like, why are they there at night? No one wants to do that. A lot of places close at like three, four, five o'clock because nobody yeah. wants to go drink that late. This will come back later when we talk about the amount of caffeine that he ingests oh yeah after Chandler's peeking out of the coffee shop door like Phoebe turns to him and is like this is nice we never do anything just the (laughs) two of us and he's just like so agitated he's like like shifts just immediately into sarcastic Chandler and says well maybe tomorrow we can rent a car and run over some puppies and she just looks at him so deadpan and is like I don't want to do that (laughs) Oh, she's so genuine. So sweet. She always takes it to that literal level where it's just yeah. like, bring it back. I, and I love that, like, 
I mean, not only is the quality time they're going to have together breaking up with people separately, but like this sec this interaction that they have before Janice is coming is where like, he's just like hovering at the door nervously, a train wreck. And she's like, this is nice. This is so fun. <laughs> yeah. I love watching you fall apart. This is great. <laughs> it's that it's that like perfect blend of like directness and like complete aloofness. But Janice shows up at nine nine minutes on the dot. Oh my god, she's here. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh, but Janice, she walks in carrying all those shopping bags. And okay, white t-shirt. She's wearing a little cute white t-shirt, but she looks really good. Yeah. She, she has does. like that little black blazer and a short black skirt, like black boots. And she's got like this long kind of necklace with a big medallion on it and little mm -hmm. like black glasses. Yeah, she looks like very much like 90s New York or like mm -hmm. Jersey. She looks really, she doesn't look super Janice-y. Her hair is like not super Janice-y yet. Yeah. She's talking in her normal voice still. Yes. We only get little glimpses of the of the full Janice experience. Yeah. <laughs> She's pretty low-key in this one. And we're never, like, we've never really been told why he wants to break up with her. He just wants to. I feel like he never has a reason. That all the times <laughs> that he breaks up with her or, like, gets back together with her, there's never a good reason for any of it, for either way. Well, there is one where she sleeps, she cheats on him with her ex-husband. Oh, true. <laughs> but true. aside from that. I think it's just them, like, being superbly bad for each other, but then also just wanting the companionship. So it's, it's they just know it, so they go back to it. Yeah, he is definitely her, like, backup. Uh-huh. Sorry, she is his backup. Yeah. For sure. She's, he, she's just always willing Including when she's like married and he's with Monica. Uh -huh. She's still ready. <laughs> do you want to know a little bit about the actress? Oh, I so do. Maggie Wheeler plays Janice. She briefly dabbled in voice acting in the 80s, which I thought was so funny because she's like so known for this like awful yeah. voice that she does as Janice. And she's done some voice acting since. But funnily enough, she auditioned to play Monica originally. Oh, no way. Yeah. And she appears at least once in every season. I did not know that fact. Yeah. That's great. I love when they surprise you and bring her back. It's always so out of the blue and oh, it's so good. It's always such a good twist. Like, oh my God, I didn't see Janice coming. Yes. <laughs> she's in 19 episodes and she's tied for third in the most appearances with Judy Geller. So the two of them are tied for third and they're just behind Jack Geller at 20 episodes and Gunther at like 150. <laughs> oh, that makes sense that Gunther is the lead. She had recurring role on Everybody Loves Raymond and she was originally cast in Suddenly Susan as Vicky, but she was replaced by Kathy Griffin. Oh, interesting. So again, with like this, the Thursday night or, or just the NVC crossover... Yeah. I feel like I feel like the the writers and directors and casting crew of all the shows just like picked and mixed and matched all the guest stars from all the shows. 
I think that's why it was so hard. It was so much harder. I mean, I'm not an actor. I don't know, but it seemed so much more limiting than because there were just like the few big networks, the few big shows, like the yeah. same casting people, the same network, blah, blah, blah. Um, and now there's so many outlets. There are like so much more diversity of, of actors that can get into different things because it's not just like the same, just NBC. Yeah. She was also um, in a recurring role in the first season of Ellen. And she's also been in Seinfeld, ER, X-Files, Will and Grace, Curb, and your favorite, Himyum. I didn't know any of those. Now it makes me want to go back and like watch some of those episodes because I remember... I know that I've seen her in a lot of things and been like, oh my God, that's Janice. But it's like so fleeting and passing. It never stays in my brain. And it's so not Janice. Like she doesn't sound like that. Yeah. Um, The coolest thing I found out about her, the source that I got this from was the Times of Israel uh, publication. Oh. She works currently as a choir director and is the co-founder of the Golden Bridge Community Choir in L.A., which is an inclusive non-auditioned choir. She said, music has been my soul food. And the aim of the choir is to connect people by joining their voices in song. Oh. She's just like really incredibly passionate about music. And I had no idea. I had no idea. That's such a cool project. Yeah. And then um, I just have this one quote from her. She said, Janice has been very good to me. I'm so glad people connected with her. So that's something that, as as awful as Jan- Janice is, you would just love her. Yes. Like, you, there's no malice. You know that she doesn't have any necessarily, like, ill intent. She's yeah. just, like, kind of a freak. She's just, like, kind of annoying. But she, like, genuinely loves Chandler. Yeah. Well, and she kind of loves, like, the rest of them, too. <laughs> Monica and Rachel Hats here. <laughs> so when she comes in and she's just like, oh my God, I'm so glad you called me. I had the most supremely awful day. <laughs> like you just, you know, you're, we're in for it. Like yeah. this is not going to go well. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, Chandler's screwed. <laughs> but then she talks about. She's like, we had that photo shoot, you know, for the little vegetables. And they're like, hang on. I have a lot of questions. Is she supposed to be, what, a photographer? A cook? Like, does she have a job? Like, what? Is she in the photo shoot? What is this? You know what's so funny? I didn't even attend to that line. (laughs) It is not even, like, lodged in my memory at all. I watched it four times. Oh, you just love her so much. (laughs) I I just like I was so confused. And I don't know if maybe they just didn't expect Janice to be recurring or what. They were just like, oh, she's just doing this weird, like, this is her job. But like she never works in all the time we know her later. And then like, why she's like, I just blew off the rest of the day and went shopping. Like, what? You work? I'm confused. Yeah. <laughs> and what little vegetables? Well, how little are they? And are they real? <laughs> Sorry. Oh my God. It's so good. I can't believe I didn't even like, I didn't even pick up on that. I just, I just accepted it. <laughs> Here's Janice. 
Well, while while she's ranting about this, you see Phoebe in the background and her and Tony walks in and well, first of all, you get a full glimpse of her outfit, which again is another vest. And also she has these black floral patterned plants that are tapered and like kind of baggy. And again, a white tee. I wrote down that I loved her pants. (laughs) (laughs) I really liked them. like those look comfy they're cute (laughs) they're probably in style now and I just don't I just don't know it (laughs) I did not see the tapered part if they are tapered that is bad but I thought they were just like those like flowy long like you know kind of hippie pants they're they're like I they're probably like um what are they like linen joggers oh like kind of harem-y pants yeah which which in that case I would wear them sure But she just so quickly and silently breaks up with him while Janice is ranting. In seemingly like 15 seconds, maybe. Oh, yeah. And it's very amicable. Like, yeah. they, they hug and like, like nod at each other. <laughs> and, and all the while, <laughs> Chandler is just watching in horror. It's like a deer in the headlights. Like, what? You're done? What's happening? <laughs> this isn't fair. And you can tell he's like, I can't do this now. I can't, I can't break up with her. And he's looking at Phoebe for like relief. And she's just like, oh, and that guy that she, that plays Tony, I tried to see if I could figure out who he was, but I couldn't find him credited anywhere. And I think if you don't have lines, they don't have to credit you. Like you count as an extra, which Google seems to confirm that. So got it. Sorry, guy. While he's watching in horror uh, and and jealously as Phoebe breaks up with Tony, Janice is looking for something in her bags that she got for Chandler. And like the whole like, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. (laughs) Is I thought just like the perfect insight to Janice. Yeah. Oh, God. And what she pulls out, I thought was really sweet. So sweet. It's like the most thoughtful gift for Chandler. Like, it it, it shows that she knows him. She's thought about him. It's something that he would genuinely love. Right. And And he already has the Rockies. Yeah. Oh, I love when, when, when she takes the socks and she's like, so you can mix and match moose and squirrel. (laughs) And she like kind of flops them around. It's so endearing. So sweet. Like, if you have Rocky socks, why wouldn't you want Bullwinkle socks? Like, yeah. Why does he want to break up with her? I don't get it. Well, I think I think now he's feeling the tremendous weight of guilt. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> but then at 1014, we have our first Janice laugh. Uh-huh. Not quite the full Janice, but you can see his face just like wince. He's just like, oh, God, I need out of this. Yes. This is one of the reasons I cannot listen to that laugh anymore. <laughs> I love that laugh. Mm-hmm. So much. Especially when, like, in later seasons, when that laugh, laugh preempts her, her, showing. her showing up. And you're just like, you have the same reaction as Chandler. Yeah. <laughs> you're about to say, oh, my God. And then she just shows up being like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> Oh, Janice. Love it. Love it. This is a good episode. Yeah, it is. So you were talking about a background guy in the coffee shop earlier, and I was picturing this guy at 1032 in Laundorama 
right behind Rachel is a guy in a denim vest. You can see him from behind. Did you see this guy? Yes. He's putting on those old foam headphones that everyone had from their Walkman. Those just like round foam circles where like everyone could hear what you were listening to. That's what we all had. We didn't have these things that went in our ears or over our ears. It was just like real shitty foam. Yeah. <laughs> they, were the, they were the kind that you got on airplanes, yeah. but less good. Yeah. <laughs> they were so bad. Um, but I... I wrote that I really like Rachel's, I called it doing chores outfit. Oh, it was pretty cute. Yeah, her little like flannel. She, she's really into the crop, crappie tops. Yeah, and it's like an oversized shirt, but it's sleeveless. It's tied at the waist. Yeah, and cute. she always wears kind of like high-waisted pants with it. So it's mm-hmm. like, it's kind of classy. Yeah, she's like the, it's like bewitched or like loose. I love Lucy, like kind of uh-huh. kind of vibe. Yeah. I have to make a note on the background guy in, in the denim sleeveless shirt because I, I wrote meathead guy laughs in background when um, the horrible woman, also known as Mitzi, comes through and is like pushing people out of the way. And she's like, move, move with her basket. He like visibly laughs. And I don't, oh, know, if, I don't know if he's supposed to. Probably not. I want to go back to Mitzi for a minute. She's credited as horrible woman. I love that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and just like, I, I just need to ask, like, I, I tried to Google it, but like, what in the world is she wearing? I, I didn't understand. And why does she have so much makeup on? So much. It's like that black liquid eyeliner. <laughs> she looks like, do you remember the episode where Rachel, like, I think Monica crashes into her on roller skates and she hurts her rib? And she's trying to put her makeup on and Ross has to do it for her. Oh, yeah. And she's like, I look like a prostitute. Um, that's the same makeup this woman is wearing. It's so much. Yeah. And that ha- strange hat, like an, it's almost like a African print, like pillbox hat. Is that what they're called? Uh, yes. Know. Like, like that, that Jackie O would wear, but yeah. in an interesting <laughs> pattern and, and like a very brightly patterned shirt. I don't know. The color of which is like one of those colors from Ross's comforter. Yeah. It's like a neon yellow or neon green that's just like lost all its life. It's like a rough, oh. it's a rough color. And I think her pants are the same color. It's like a rough outfit. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to know a little bit about this actress? Yes. <laughs> you know I do. <laughs> I just love that she's like, her name is Horrible Woman in the credits. It's so funny. <laughs> Her name in real life is Camille Saviola. She was the lead singer in a female rock band in New York City in 1970 called the Margot Lewis Explosion. (laughs) And in the late 70s, she was signed to a disco label. What? Can you believe that? (laughs) How did, oh my gosh, keep talking. Okay, so she worked in theater for 25 years before she did TV and she was in three Woody Allen movies and one of your very favorite shows, Star Trek. But it was Deep Space Nine. I don't know if that's. Oh, oh I no. didn't. I did not watch Deep Space Nine. Oh, I'm that- a li- I, yeah, I'm a little. I might. I, I have a thing against it. I don't know why. Okay. I don't know the universe of the, the Treks. I don't know which is the good one. <laughs> the Treks. Um, I, I full on skipped over that one. 
Okay. But watch all the most of the other ones. Well, she was in your least favorite Star Trek. <laughs> okay. What was she? Do you know what she I was? Don't know. Oh. I do know do you notice how I said what instead of who? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I mean in Star Trek there could be some what's be like, is that a person? Is that a monster? Yeah. Right? Are monsters <laughs> Star Trek? Monster. Yeah. Monster, that's right. Alien. I don't know what they are. I don't watch that show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one of these days we should just do a random podcast about a Star Trek episode. <laughs> Me watching Star Trek and being yeah. like, is that a monster? <laughs> Which kind of space are they in now? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. That's all I have about her. But I just wrote her makeup is out of control. Out of control. Yes. So I love the whole theme of the hey 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 which is like hey 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 like and, and and ross comes to the rescue and he's he's just like hey 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 that's not the rule and you know it <laughs> i love first though that she's like no suds no save to rachel <laughs> and rachel's like such a freaking pushover but ross like legitimately supports her uh-huh and she likes his detergent seemingly his uber vice <laughs> <laughs> kind of learning from him yeah it's kind of sweet i love that he stands up for her and she's like mm -hmm. hey okay i can do this like yeah I'm, le I'm learning the ropes yeah she's like just shoving stuff in the well first he shows her his laundry detergent it's uber vice it's like super tough it's like <laughs> real manly he went and got the manliest probably most chemically laundry detergent he could get <laughs> did you know what uber vice is in german above white I saw that too, but I thought Uber meant like extra or like really white or like, like very a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if anyone out there speaks German, please help yeah. us. Core powder. Where are you in this house? <laughs> it speaks German. <laughs> anyway, it's really tough and manly and she seems to like it. She doesn't seem revolted. She's like, oh, okay. She, she also doesn't really seem to care. <laughs> she also doesn't know what she's doing. So she's like, okay, if that will we use, I don't know. Okay, so she says she's never done laundry before, but in the last episode, when all of her friends come to the coffee shop, she tells them, I'm doing this thing on my own, like, I'm doing my own laundry now. So, like, th that was clearly a lie. Oh, I wonder, too, if, like, some of these have been filmed out of order. Like, I wonder if they were aired in a different order. Oh, maybe. That could be. That would make more sense. When she says that she's a laundry virgin, and Ross takes that moment to make to say the like the most cliched douchey thing, which is just like, "Don't worry, I'll use the gentle cycle." I wrote like oh. literal barf. <laughs> oh, Ross! And when when she, he's like, "Are you going to separate those?" She's shoving all her laundry, no matter the color, in one one machine, and she's she's like, "Oh God." Am I like a total laundry spaz? Should I be put using whatever, like one thing for pants and one for shirts? And I just did like a, a little tiny dive into the word spaz. Uh-huh. Like that's such like an 80s, 90s word. That oh, may yeah. not be in the canon now or the lexicon now. So it evolved from a derogatory description of people with disabilities. Oh, no. 
I know. Generally understood as a casual word for clumsiness, jumpiness, involuntary, or random. Oh, I don't like that. That makes me feel very, very bad. Yeah, me too. So anyway, I, you know, times have changed. But um, We learn things on this podcast so that we, we are better people. Yeah. Always open to learning and changing and growing. <laughs> so I won't use that word again. It's okay. I, you didn't know. I didn't know. I don't think you use it regularly. No, I don't. <laughs> In this episode, I don't think I've said that since the 90s. But um, yep. so like she holds up her cotton white. He's like, okay, you use one for your whites, one for your darks. And she's like, and then one for your delicates. And she holds up her underwear and she's like, these are white cotton panties. Would they be whites or delicates? Like, okay, if I was going to do laundry with a guy. Uh-uh. <laughs> You knew right where I was going. No, no, we're not showing him our underwear. Like I live with Court and I'm still like, I'll do my laundry. <laughs> you will not get close to my, <laughs> the underwear I am about to launder. Yeah. And like, why would you be holding them up being like, look at these. Like right up close to his face. And yeah. like, he's so clearly uncomfortable. He's just like yeah. trying to look away. Yeah. And that definitely seems like, like she has to know what she's, what that's going to do to him. Like that has to be a move, don't you think? Like showing uh, underwear? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because so. she knows it's a date. Uh-huh. No, it, like she's like, what about these? <laughs> um, but I, lo- I do love how uncomfortable he is when he's just uh-huh. like, your bras and under, under panty things. Yes. <laughs> I would never just do a load with delicates like that. No, I just would do a full load and put set it to delicates. Yeah. <laughs> Is that not what you're supposed to do? That's exactly what I do. My pet peeve with laundry. Can I just can I just have some yes. space right now? Yes. <laughs> okay. Whoever invented the little bra inserts that go inside like the liner of bra uh, bralettes? If you will, because I think they're mostly in that in sports bras, which is all I wear. But they somehow always manage those little, those little like triangle oh, yeah. pads end up like worming their way out of that tiny little hole. Right. And, and like, it never goes back in right. Yeah. Now. And they free themselves in the greater washer and you have to like fish them out and have a stack of them that you're like, okay, where does this go to? And you try and like shove it back in and it's all like wrinkly. It's so frustrating. Oh, Ashley, I'm going to change your life right now. Go online when we're done and order yourself those like little mesh laundry bags and just okay. put those in there and then you won't have to worry about it. They will probably won't come out because they're in, they're getting washed in the bag. And if they do oh. come be in the bag. <laughs> I'm almost 40 and I'm learning, like, I feel like so this much. is going to change my life. I I probably spend 10 minutes of my life each week just trying to shove those little pieces of crap in. And like, just sew them in. If it's going to be, why, why is it a separate piece? There should be no, no place for it to escape. Why do they ever need to escape? Why is it not the same size or shape as the actual? Because they're designed by men. <laughs> yeah, probably. I do love men though. They're great. Yeah. Okay, rant over. So they, they're all hanging out at the bar, waiting for their table. Joey and Monica and Bob and Angela. And Joey has just a near miss 
with the whole situation when Monica asks where they all where they grew up, and it's clearly different places. I was wondering why she didn't why she didn't question the setup of how they were all standing, like because Joey was sitting where Angela is now sitting, and he clearly moves to behind Monica. And so Angela and Bob are sitting together. And like, if I was Monica, I'd be like, why aren't we sitting next to each other? This is weird. Yeah, that that's interesting. I don't know if this is a thing because I didn't date in the 90s. But when you dated, did you sit across from people? I like, first of all, how you say dated, like, is this the right word? Is this what, they're doing? <laughs> is this what it's called? Well, because like when Tyler and I go out on go on dates, we always sit next to each other. Oh, really? We'll be on this like the same side of the booth. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, because like we just want to like hang out. Oh, we we usually sit across from each other so we can look at each other. Oh. And like I think we both have like neck and back issues. I can't be craning sideways. <laughs> <laughs> I like to get cuddly like up against if you were at a table with chairs and not a booth you'd both sit on the same side i'm partial to booths so i don't know. right that's a good but question if, <laughs> i would have to assess the situation <laughs> imagine in the, like <laughs> 10 years or however long you've been together you've at least been to one place that had a table <laughs> we also don't we also don't go on dates a lot <laughs> <laughs> you guys did bond over online poetry so that's true dating yeah. is but I guess also they only have two chairs. Well, is Joey in a chair? I think he's standing. They let the two girls sit, so I guess that okay. makes sense. But like, why wouldn't Joey be standing by Angela? Because Joey had to move around yeah. all the way around Monica's chair to get behind her. And if he was really on a date with Angela, you'd think he'd just like stand up and let her sit in his chair, and Bob would come over to Monica. Yeah, but, but Bob doesn't know that he should come over to Monica. Bob is with. Well, Right, but if I was Monica, I would, anyway. Yeah. This is all a moot point. <laughs> <laughs> Monica is just, like, not paying attention. Yeah, she seems kind of oblivious to, like, red, there's some red flags going on. Very. I have, like, two pretty fun facts about Bob, if you want to hear yes. about him real quick. Um, he's played by Jack Armstrong. He appeared in Britney Spears' music video for her song, Lucky. No way. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Isn't that fun? He's done a lot of theater and he was in Versace American Crime Story and 28 Days. I have a fun fact about Bob too. <gasps> After he appeared in this episode, a couple years later, I think it was like 1998, he got a reoccurring role on Days of Our Lives. <gasps> I was yeah. probably watching it at that point. Do you know uh -huh. who he played? Um, I did. I didn't write it down. Okay. I just, I just very much latched on to the fact that later Joey gets a role on Days of Our Lives as Drake, Dr. Drake Ramore, and I just, it was just a nice little, little nod to, to that soap. Everything in the '90s is connected. I know. I think it was '96 or '98, and he, I think he was on there until like 2003. Oh, then I definitely saw him on there, probably. Yeah. So you'll have to look it up and see who he was. Okay. Also, his hair is so feathered. Oh, God. I was just going to say, like, what in the world is wrong with his hair? It's not just feathered. It's like, there has to be some product in it that makes it stay the way it stays. Yeah. While also feel like 
looking like it's free. It's not free. <laughs> it's sculpted. It is so sculpted. It looks weird. It's intense. It's it's it looks like it took a lot of work. Yeah. So when they cut to just Joey alone with Bob, he's trying to deter Bob and and highlight all of Angela's bad qualities. Oh, have you ever noticed her nibbly little squirrel noise? It's kind of like kind of like a weasel. <laughs> Which I thought was actually really clever of him to be like, oh, it's so cute, but it's like a weasel, like bad connotation. Yeah. And then how he's like, but yeah, Monica, I don't think it's going to last. She's just too much for me in bed. And then he pauses and is like, sexually. <laughs> also so grossed out that I'm like, because uh, you can see Bob's interest is peaked. And I was like, ew, guys are so gross. Like, you're going to break up with someone because this guy said this other girl is like so wild in bed. Yeah. Then the girls go together to the bathroom and... Guess what color it is? The women's bathroom. I didn't pay attention, but I was going to guess pink. It's pink, yeah. I was like, of course it's pink. At 1507, Monica says, well, so um, she still thinks that like Angela and Bob are brother sister. Yeah. And Angela is talking about like, oh, he's so great in bed. And Monica's like, really? Like my brother never even told me when he lost his virginity. But we know from that previous episode when Ross is moaning about Carol, like, not only does Monica know when he lost his virginity, but, like, she knows the exact date and remembers it off the top of her head, like, the anniversary of it. So, that was upsetting. Okay, so I have a question about this. He says that that was the first time he was intimate with Carol, but I don't think mentioned that that was his first time ever with a woman until he tells Joey and Chandler in the emergency room. So I don't know if Monica actually knows that that was his first time ever or is just his first time with Carol and like like attaches meaning to that. Okay. It's still gross. She shouldn't know that. But I think that 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 could be true. Mm Mm-hmm. That she really doesn't know when he actually lost his virginity. She just knows that that's a, an important event to him because that's his wife. And he's the prince. And he's the prince, yes. Um, I would hope that they didn't talk about that. Like, guess what I did, Monica? Oh. I lost my virginity. <laughs> God, no. Oh, my God. Are we done with them now? Yes, we can be done. We go to the coffee shop. Yes, please. <laughs> so Chandler's talking to Phoebe like I don't know how to do this I I, and she's like just pull it off like a band-aid and like bend the wounds open and expose and Chandler's (laughs) like this advice is very intense like (laughs) I know I wrote down is this helpful (laughs) (laughs) and she's like smiling at him like genuinely like yeah you just pull it off you have a big open wound and it's like exposed and he's like uh and he drinks his fifth espresso shot like downs it okay so I counted how many were on the table at that point and there are six and then he's just like immediately launches into it and is like I don't think we should go out anymore and she immediately starts crying and fanning her eyes and he clearly starts panicking oh my god when she's just like oh okay okay (laughs) well there you go (laughs) and then she starts waving her hands being like stop it stop it (laughs) stop 
Oh my god. And when she's doing that and Chandler looks back horrified at Phoebe, uh, did you please notice Phoebe's face? No. She gives this little like disgusted snarl. <laughs> like No, like, you're doing it wrong. Like she just kind of like like this, like she recoils. <laughs> In the DVD cut, there's an extra scene right here. <gasps> Where Chandler, trying to keep her from crying, says, Janice, no, no, it's, this is not about you. It's totally about me. And she turns to him and is like, yeah, it is. It's about your fear of commitment. Oh, that would have been great to leave in. And then he's like, well, I'm ready to commit right now. And she's like thinking, oh, he's ready to commit to breaking it off. And, but she like takes it as, oh, commit to me. Oh, no really and he's just like oh god so this is a point where i had a question when i watched the the streaming version and it kept going and like was dragging out i'm like why is this dragging out so much why didn't why wasn't that just it he gave her that little bit of hope and just made it and i so i think that they should have kept it in yeah, that would have been great because he really he has a fear of commitment through the entire series that would have been the first time that we really know like yeah. oh this is why he's breaking up with her because it's not clear why aside from her hideous laugh that like why are they breaking up yeah yeah but also the fact that he gave her that little open door of like i'm ready mm-hmm. to commit and she's like oh you are so we come back to the laundromat and Ross loves Rachel so much. Oh my God. And they have stuff in common. And he's trying to protect her from her laundry f- up. And he opens the lid, like, to help her with her laundry. And he shuts it and is like, nothing, nothing's wrong. She's like, what, did I, did I screw something up? And he does that stupid little laundry song. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, so you left a, a red sock in with the whites. And the horrible woman, we just hear her, like, cackling. Yeah. And it's gold. Her laugh is so good. Yeah. <laughs> Rachel's so upset. And then this is another moment where we're like jumping between scenes pretty quick. We go back to the restaurant. So this is where she's telling a story about underdog trying to go down the street the, the in the parade. And she yep. says like they couldn't get his head inflated. And so he's just limping along. And I read that this is an inconsistency because underdog gets away in the Thanksgiving episode later in the season however i read that before i watched the episode and the story she's telling is different than what happens in that episode because oh in story she's saying like they just couldn't get his head inflated and so they're he, he's going down the street but his head is just like limp flopping down broadly was flopping yeah. yeah yeah so but in the one where he gets away like the, the balloon like really they lose the entire thing and it floats up in the sky Oh, oh, interesting. They just really like underdog and there's lots of yeah. just poor underdog, like never can get it right. <laughs> Got it. But like Monica's finally starting to get creeped out by Bob and Angela. And um <laughs> Joey, she's like, Joey, this is sick. Like this is disgusting. Look at them. And Joey's like, Yeah, like you've never gotten a little rambunctious with Ross. <laughs> the way that he says that is so gold. It's just like he has like this glint in his eye. Like, oh, gross, Joey. Monica, like, she gets it. She's like, this is disgusting. I like, it's not really true. Oh my God, you're setting me up. I'm out of here. And Joey like convinces her. He's like, no, he likes you. 
like between the two of us, like we can break him up. Let's do it. And like kind of like rallies her to get her, get her on his side. And I think that's perfect because it shows that he knows Monica and her competitive <laughs> side. And she, he oh, totally true. taps into that. And she's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> so in the next scene, Monica's then cleaning Bob's shirt like all handsy on him and then joey's then sharing wings with angela and she's doing her little nibbly thing and i want to just point out that later we uh, we find out that joey doesn't share food yeah so what's your take i think that he loves angela right now also he's working really hard to get her back this isn't about the food it's about angela yeah i think it shows that like he really does like her and also, he said, like, another plate of wings for the table, I think. And so it's not, like, his meal. Like, he ordered them for her. So I think it's less him sharing food and more, like, him trying to win her over. It's the buffer. He ordered a buffer. <gasps> he did. The table fries. <laughs> yes. Yes. So then we cut back to the coffee shop. And Chandler has now had, I counted, 10 espresso shots. Okay. I counted 10 in that little area. But a couple, like a minute later, we cut away to see the full table. And there's a nut, like his original espresso where he was sitting on the other side. Okay. It's also there. He has had 11 espressos. And not only that, I counted 24 lemon rinds. And I was like, hang on. Why are there lemon rinds with an espresso? It is a thing, apparently. I also researched <laughs> Apparently, lemon oil was a way to mask bitterness of badly made espresso around World War II. And then I found some other sources saying that due to water scarceness during World War II, lemon peel was used to clean the cups. Oh, you had different facts than me. What'd you find? I didn't think they were lemon peels. I thought they were orange peels, but you know. Oh. Potato, potato. So apparently it's a thing in Italy where not orange slices, but orange peels is like a garnish with oh. espresso. And probably the same reason it just compliments, like it complements their like masks the bitterness. But it's like definitely a thing in Italy that comes with oh. espresso when you order it. Oh, well, maybe it was orange rind and not lemon rind, because that would mean he ate all the lemons. And I mean, you're so hopped up on caffeine, you may have, but... <laughs> Oh my god, I know. I love that those are both things though. I've never heard of yeah, that. Yeah, me neither. I've never seen it or noticed it. So I the place I started drinking espresso was Italy and I never was served those. <laughs> no. But I mean Chandler literally slaps her in the face. He's so caffeinated. <laughs> oh, my lens. It's my lens. And I wrote down why is it that they're still talking? If I was her at this point, I like I would have probably been like, okay, clearly like this is not going anywhere right now. Like we can talk later. Or even if I thought, even if he gave her that gem of hope, like I, why are they still there talking? Why is this not ended yet? Like on her part. Yeah. Well, and I also wrote that, and I think it's because he gave her a little open door, so they're like trying to talk it out, and he's backpedaling a little bit, and also yeah. being all hopped up on espresso, so he's all he's sending all these weird messages. It kind of makes me like seeing their history later. Like you kind of wonder if he's done this already in this current relationship of theirs, or she's just like, where are we landing? Yeah, I'm just gonna watch you spiral. Yes. <laughs> 
I have a fun background cat. She comes over and is like, you've got to pull yourself together. Like, and she starts singing, like to calm him down. <laughs> to get to his happy place. Yeah. Um, when the shot goes from her to Chandler and you see the background of outside the coffee shop, you can see a cameraman walking by with a giant camera. Oh no. That's, that's like all lit up on the sides, walking from right to left. And then he walks again from left to right through the back of the scene. Oh no. There was one scene and I didn't write it down. I like noticed it and then forgot, but you can see in the very left-hand corner, one of the scenes, you can see someone's curly hair, like like (laughs) someone squatting on the ground under the camera and you can see their hair like poking up in the corner. Oh my gosh, I love those. I love those little little goofs. (laughs) Okay, so if, if Chandler truly had 12 shots of espresso, I definitely did some research because I'm like, 12 shots in it of themselves seems like way too much. But then if it's 24 shots, that sounds yeah. like unhealthy and possibly like your heart's going to stop. Dangerous. I mean, I think 12 shots sounds dangerous. So I, I looked it up and it's generally accepted that 14 shots is thought to be an official overdose of caffeine by caffeineinformer.com. <laughs> Well, he's just shy of that, so he's okay. <laughs> I'm really hoping that they are single shots. Because then, he, you know, like, he drinks Phoebe's, too. <laughs> like, he just has way too many. I want to just quickly go through some of the symptoms of caffeine overdose. <laughs> so generous restlessness, nervousness, scattered thoughts, excessive talking, inability to focus on anything. <laughs> that that's... Sounds like... These sound like descriptors for a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Irritability, elevated blood pressure, increased heartbeat, nausea, anxiety, heart palpitations, (laughs) insomnia, sweating, dizziness, vomiting, and then cardiac arrest. (laughs) My God. So yes, you can have a heart attack from a caffeine overdose. Wow. Chandler's right there. (laughs) Yes. Creeping to the edge. It's it's so, so painful to watch. Janice comes back out from the bathroom and Phoebe is like, I'm going to take care of this. And she basically talks to Janice for like three and a half seconds and hugs her. Janice looks at Chandler with her hands over her heart and just like, kind of like shakes her head at him. Just like, oh, this is, you're so sweet. And then she leaves. Yeah. She's without the shopping bags that she came in with originally. Yeah, where'd, where'd she leave all the sh- Chandler's like, how do you do that? And Phoebe's like, it's a gift. Yeah. <laughs> then we cut to the laundromat. Rachel's lamenting about how she can't do laundry. And I love how she's just like, everything looks like jammies now. <laughs> <laughs> Ross then goes to unload his laundry. He brings that rolly basket with him, but not all the way with him. I a little bit feel like it's his own fault that Mitzi comes back and grabs it because he kind of leaves it at least seven or eight feet away from him. Yeah. It's like people who leave their shopping cart in the grocery store, like on another aisle while they go do something yeah. else. What are you doing? Take yeah. It with you. <laughs> yeah. And so, so she grabs it and then Rachel kind of sticks up for him is like, Hey, like we're, we're using that. She like stands up for herself. Yeah. Rachel's like, Hey, 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 stop making up rules. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. 
she climbs in the, they like fuss tussle and she fully climbs in the basket and she's like, if you want it, you got to take me with it. Did you notice that in the background, Ross was watching all of this happen? He kind of nods at her, like, you can do it. Yeah, he was, like, encouraging. He doesn't step in, which I'm like, yeah, up, Ross. Oh, he supports her so much. He loves yeah. her so much. Yeah. But this was great. This was a breakthrough for Rachel. She overcame the failure at the laundry. Like, it's technically all clean. It's just a different color. Yeah. She did yeah. it. And then 2137, she kisses Ross. Oh, she says, I couldn't do this without you. And I, like, I love that this finally happens, right? And it's so, but it's so awkward. Like she's kind of really grabby with him. She's sitting yeah. there and he's like a little too far away. So I, it's almost like she's kind of forcing it. She's like grabbing up <laughs> his shirt and then grabbing his neck and like pulling him down. Well, it's like he's resisting it too. Like she's like, just come here. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, that's true. He, like what? Ross, you clearly want this. Like, lean into it. She's like grabbing up on you. She's literally kiss, like going to kiss you. Yeah. The way he reacts, it's almost like he, well, a can't believe it happened, but also b like he doesn't think that for her it was like a real kiss. It was just kind of like thanks. Oh my god, I can't believe that happened. But it it wasn't. No, it wasn't. It it was <laughs> real for her. Yeah. And there was like general like genuine connection. But I, although his he has like the best little bit of physical comedy after that when he turns and like runs right into the the laundromat like the door, yeah. I at the same time as appreciating that so much, I was like, dude, Ross, why can't you just be cool? Like kiss her back. <laughs> you know, like there really are people who are like that. Like I'm like that. I'm that awkward. I mean, I maybe wouldn't run into, like, I wouldn't, maybe I would. I don't know. I've done stuff like that. <laughs> I can't read things. I'm uncomfortable. I feel like you would read that, though. I mean, that's like. Oh, yeah. If someone, if someone was, kissed me. If someone was grabbing your clothes and neck, I think that you would lean into it. I would have known that was a date, for sure. And if someone, like, anytime someone's put their lips on my lips, I knew that, like, oh, we're kissing. <laughs> He looks just so shocked. Yeah, I think he's in shock a little bit. Yeah. It's endearing. It's cute. Yeah. But yeah. also, come on, Ross. I know. And then we go cut back to the coffee shop for the tag. Thank you for teaching me that word. I, I actually wrote it here. I wrote tag, but I thought it said plus AG. And I was like, I don't know what plus AG is. Oh, you know, there's, there's your shorthand. <laughs> because I wrote the T lowercase of the AG capital. Like, why did I write that? plus a g i was gonna skip past it and then i was like are we into the tag oh that's his tag and i was really happy to see that rachel is the one fawning over ross and not monica for once oh yeah around him i love when rachel's just like you okay and he's just like yeah she's like does it still hurt and he's like yeah i'll be ross Like, as much as I make fun of it, I love it. I love Mopey Ross. Oh, yeah. Also, when Phoebe's just sorting through her pink destroyed clothes, and she's just like, what a neat idea. All your clothes match. I'm totally going to do this. (laughs) She's just so easygoing. It's like, oh, Chris is great. He's like the positive and everything. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh man, but then Monica and Joey enter and Monica in her true like competitive self is just like, we ripped up that couple and kept the pieces to ourselves. <laughs> oh, and she's wearing another thing of red. Another red thing. Sure, that's her best color, first of all. No. And second of all, I don't think we ever hear about Bob or Angela like they're never dating them again. Like they worked so hard to break these people up who were seemingly happy together. <laughs> now they never date again. Nope. I don't think they care. No. All, all Monica cared about was that she won. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A great note to end on. <laughs> I'm excited too, because when I got to the end of it, I was watching the streaming version and it was like, up next, the one with the butt. <laughs> I was like, oh. What's that? Oh my God. I almost wanted it to play and I was like, hold up, hold up, yeah, don't yeah. watch it. Oh my gosh, that one was so much fun. I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, we'll be back next time for some talking about butts. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> we love butts. Yeah, I love you. I love you too. <laughs> You're the best. I'll be there for you. I'll be there for you too. <laughs> bye, friends. Bye, bye friends. Better Friends Podcast is created, produced, edited, and all the other things by Ashley Madden and Sarah Reinen. Please rate and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Send us your questions to betterfriendswatchingfriends at gmail.com. To find out more about Better Friends, please check us out on Twitter at betterfriendpod or on Instagram at betterfriendswatchingfriends. Thanks for listening.